0: Resorts, homes, and a newly built hospital have been washed away.
1: No electricity, nothing whatsoever.
2: We need to be
3: prepared for the future.
1: I'm just holding on for dear life here. This isn't fun.
3: Pacific prepared. Pacific prepared.
1: Plan this time before disaster strike. Every natural disaster gets worse.
3: What happens when something goes wrong, and how do they respond to it?
1: And make sure everyone's safety comes first. Whatever, what for? Dream. You must ready.
3: Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. Eventually, I know it's going to hit. It's only a matter of time. Helping your community. Helping your family. Helping you. Pacific prepared. Pacific
1: prepared. Pacific prepared.
0: Hi, I'm Fred Hooper, and this is Pacific Prepared. It's a show all about natural disasters how you prepare for them, and how people across the Pacific have survived them. Each week we work with local reporters, so they get it. They understand what everyone is going through during a disaster. On today's show, Vanuatu has faced two cyclones in less than a week. You'll hear from the government what they're doing and what that might mean for you. Also, trees. They're everywhere and we know that they're important and great for the environment. So we'll dig a little deeper to hear exactly what makes them so important. That's all coming up. This is Pacific Prepared.
3: People's lives have been affected by disaster.
2: Know what to do.
3: Know what to do. Know what to do. Clearing roads, restoring critical infrastructure. See, all the signs are coming, so we have to prepare.
2: Be prepared.
0: Pacific Prepared. Vanuatu has faced two cyclones in the space of a week. Over 300,000 people have been affected in some way. The biggest issue facing people at the moment is food, water, power and communications. Pacific prepared reporter Florence Fanua managed to record some audio and this is what she had to say. Rapid assessments are now underway in Vanuatu after the devastation of tropical cyclones Judy and Kevin different clusters have been activated and are now on the ground doing rapid assessments of the impacts caused by the two cyclones. Florence goes on to say that Vanuatu's head of state has also declared a state of emergency on Sunday for the entirety of Vanuatu. According to Vanuatu's Minister of Climate Change, Ralph Raganvanu, assessment teams have been sent out to two of the most impacted places in Vanuatu. After they've visited some of these impacted places, They'll be able to go back to the government and then form a plan from there. This is Minister Ragan Vanu speaking to the media in Vanuatu and some of this audio will be in language and some will be in English. By
3: government in the,
1: the government is currently making the first response while also dispatching assessment teams to the ground to determine the extent of the damage, what the needs of the populace are and, by the end of this week, we can have a clear plan on how to target these various locations. I want to assure everyone that while the Assembly is in progress, the first aid, such as water and tarps, is on the way.
0: Minister Ragan Vanu said the President of the Republic of Vanuatu declared a state of emergency throughout the entire country in accordance with the provisions of the Disaster Reduction Act. Which designates the National Disaster Committee as the body responsible for deciding how to handle disasters.
3: Yesterday, one state of emergency had been declared over all of Vanuatu uh, by President of the Republic of Vanuatu under law, provisions for Disaster Risk Management Act. So, immediately say National Disaster Committee, we're under the Disaster Risk Management Act any body or me make a decision about what I'm now you should respond to one disaster have you been recommending become a council of ministers and council of ministers have been uh, making a decision say follow mm-hmm. effects for mm-hmm. TC Judy or TC Kevin to cycle one time joint effects for him It been affecting full Vanuatu no one promise. Level of category three Iguanta cyclone. Base law road cyclone. I mean, base law one assessment by happen around, law damage. It may stop happening now, yet. but based on more cyclones only been passed into a cyclone. Yet. uh, decides a following recommendation by national disaster committee that full Vanuatu. Should be declared one state of emergency or a disaster zone, where we qualify one state of emergency, and only recommend them law president, the republic, where sign them that order. And so the president is signing order, here, more state law office, so office attorney general, and we put him out that state of emergency inside the official gazette, where we also have official newspaper law, government of Namibia, where we have announced important new laws or new decisions. Gazette has been published law uh, Sunday number five March, and today now state of emergency. you been kick off base law all orders. First order, then we law TC duty, where state of emergency, and we should start law number two March. Long provinces law Tafia, Sheba, and then islands law parma more. Ambram, um, Malamba province and then full Panama province and then Merelaba, the Torba province. State of emergency where you may declare them back again, number two time, you may amend them area, or you may change an area where everyone one disaster zone. And, and it may come into effect for them, effect lo, or impact law T.C. Kevin, and the time now, well, number, so Sunday, number five, March. You can just extend the disaster zone, but warm up every province, every six provinces. So full Vanuatu Naya, here we seven, one disaster zone, and state of emergency, and we apply the full Vanuatu.
1: A state of emergency has been declared in the whole of Vanuatu by the President of the Republic of Vanuatu under the provisions of the Disaster Reduction Act, which means the National Disaster Committee, under the Disaster Risk Management Act, is the body that makes decisions on how to respond to a disaster, has been recommended to the Council of Ministers, and the Council of Ministers has made a decision that following the effects of Tropical Cyclone Judy and Tropical Cyclone Kevin, its joint effects has impacted the whole of Vanuatu, so the Council has decided that the full Vanuatu should be declared a state of emergency or a
0: disaster zone. Florence also reports that the minister also makes the point that there are no constraints on people's freedom of movement at the moment. So under
3: law, Disaster Risk Management Act, that we declare one state of emergency or similar, and we mean no more say, nothing will change. Uh, not, nothing will change, look around. And we mean no more say, suppose minister of climate change, say me, we sign one order, we we'll direct them one office for government, we'll make them one something, office for government, you must make them something Yeah, Office for government you must tell them, no, we're order the law, we'll and no, we'll from order we'll the minister and we we'll override them any number of the laws, concerning one in now, government department here, or any organization inside of one of So, customs state from we'll uh you don't know have any orders issued. By me or some minister. So, state of emergency, we declared there are no changes or anything, no restrictions, nothing. We want to make it clear say, state, of emergency, blow, amen, state of emergency, blow one cyclone, one natural hazard, one natural disaster. We want them to say, you forget about all thing, you COVID. for the man, confused. Say, you got restriction, no plane. you don't have any restriction, no travel, any. Anyway. All travel and be open and be dependent on more law. This was airport and me, no damage. I had control power, is something taken? Okay, plenty. There's nothing to do with travel. There's nothing to do with social gathering, church, anything just go no more sports square. You know not any restrictions, no movement, no people. Uh, and maybe to do with them COVID, but it may not COVID. It's not about disaster, no cyclone. So nightclub is not open. Rest of no there's no restrictions. Restrictions by stuff not damage, no away-down law. That office or institution law, whether any service perform normal functions them be. Otherwise, everything will be normal immunomodulmonary.
1: At this time, no orders have been issued, so a state of emergency has been declared without any changes, restrictions or other restrictions. I want to be clear that this is a state of emergency related to the cyclone, a natural disaster. And that people should forget about COVID, because it causes confusion about whether or not there are restrictions on flying, but not on travelling. That all travel is permitted as long as the airport is not damaged. And that there are no restrictions related to social gatherings or travelling. Nonetheless, if I do sign an order, the Office of the Attorney-General is required to publish it in the Official Government Gazette before it is released and takes effect. At this time, however, there is no order.
0: Our reporter Florence Fenua also goes on to report that the Vanuatu government has estimated 1 billion VATU to cover damages caused by the two cyclones. Aerial assessments have also been done during this week, with the Prime Minister visiting the affected islands. Water has been restored in the Vanuatu city of Port Vila, which has been badly affected by the two cyclones, but many offices, homes and businesses are still without power. And the Vanuatu Ministry of Health is warning people of possible increase in disease that could arise after the cyclones. That report from our Pacific Prepared reporter and freelance journalist, Florence Fanua. And we really appreciate her being able to put those interviews together, given what's happened in Vanuatu. You're listening to Pacific Prepared.
1: What's your plan? Are you ready to leave your home? Plan now before disaster strikes. Pacific Prepared.
2: If you
0: take a look around where you are at the moment, one thing I'm sure that you'll see somewhere is a tree, or maybe many trees. And we know that they're great for the environment. Trees are good. We got it. But why are they good? How do they help the environment? A few different countries in the Pacific have committed to planting huge amounts of trees, like millions. These are two town offices from Tonga, the villages of Kolavai and Kanuka Polo.
1: I fully support this project and I'm urging the people to come out and plant trees at their places as it will be beneficial in the near future. We often hear about the benefits of having trees as it helps protect the environment. We are still recovering from the impacts of the tsunami that devastated our homes last year and planting trees on these areas like Kanukopolo will help with our vulnerability. We know climate change is real and this will help with the preparation to withstand and to be resilient to its impacts.
3: Most of the time we live with fear here. Because of the extreme weather events, and especially now we are recovering from the tsunami that swept away our homes and properties. Since the 90s, as people living on low-lying areas and the coastal waters, we requested to have a foreshore built here. There is currently one here, but it is not as effective as it should be. But we understand how strong the waves and high tides damage it. We fully support this project of replanting of trees and planting new ones, on these areas as these are vulnerable areas. Our village Kolovai has been affected by previous cyclones and most of the homes here were damaged. Now we go back to what we were taught by our ancestors to plant trees on vulnerable areas such as the coastal and low-lying
0: areas. After hearing about these commitments from different governments I wanted to find out exactly what it would mean to plant such a massive number of trees and what kind of impacts There are on the environment.
2: Um, Okay, I'm Dr. Leela Singh Peterson. Um, I'm a lecturer in climate science at the University of Southern Queensland.
0: I'm John
4: Durnley. I'm an associate professor in plant-microbe interactions at the University of Southern Queensland.
0: Uh, What kind of impact does planting a large number of trees have on the environment? First of all,
4: the benefits of planting a large number of trees certainly outweighs the negative aspects. So, the more trees, the more stable the soil, the lower the water table the more water released back into the atmosphere and increasing uh, potential precipitation. So the more trees, the better, really. There are concerns that sometimes that when you have particularly uh, high-density plantings of trees, that it actually intercepts rainfall and stops uh, water getting back into the water table. And sometimes if there is excessive Release of water from from leaves, so transpiration, it can actually dry the soil out. Sort of medium density planting of trees is probably better for for the environment, for the certainly for the um, the integrity of the water table.
2: In terms of combating um, climate change, there's two ways we do that. One is we obviously try to halt our emissions and restrict our activities that contribute to. Um, the amount of greenhouse gases being generated, but the other part is that we try to sequester, we draw down carbon out of the atmosphere, and trees play a really important role in in doing that. But there's a couple of reasons why Tonga would want to take that on. Um, first of all, it actually fits; like, it's part of their nationally determined contribution to the Paris Agreement. So they're committed to reducing their emissions um, under that agreement. And they've planned to do that through two ways, one of which is to actually plant these trees. So there's there's a policy framework and a platform that they're actually contributing to as well. Um, but the cultural impacts of planting trees, I mean, there's there's a lot um, in terms of, I mean, there's the obvious benefits of, of planting more trees and building agroforestry um, type um, sectors. Um, but most of those million trees that they've, um, committed to planting a mangrove, so they actually have more climate adaptation type benefits in fortifying coastlands and trying to prevent coastal erosion, protecting um, coral corals and those kind of ecosystems as well. But the cultural benefits, I mean, the cultural impacts of planting mangroves are fairly significant in the South Pacific um, because a lot of the that they're, they're called tapamats in Tongan. Um, but I'm not sure what they're referred to in other parts of the South Pacific, but they're ceremonial sort of um, mats that people wrap around them during rituals and practices. And um, they also use them for feasts. People can sit on them and they're, they're almost like a form of currency. Um, so they're, they're really significant in the South Pacific and they generate, they're produced from mangroves.
4: Yeah, and, and mangroves also are great nurseries for, for fish, uh, fish life and, and uh, invertebrates too. So it would actually have a, an impact on, on the, um, the harvesting of, of fish by, by Tongan, Fiji and Samoan cultures as well by increasing the, the, you know, the, the nursery size for, for um, fish life and other marine life.
2: I was just going to add that that in turn will have cultural significance as well because there are lots of rituals and lots of cultural practices around fish and seasonal calendars and um, migrations and all those kind of things too. So there's there's a huge amount of cultural impacts. It's probably difficult to identify. Yeah, Does the type
0: of tree make more or less of an impact? For example, in Tonga, I know they've been planting, you know, some breadfruit trees. Does that sort of make any difference to what type of tree is planted as to what impact it then has on the environment?
4: From my perspective anyway, I I think probably local species are the way to go because one, they're adapted to local climatic conditions and and, uh, soil conditions as well as providing habitat for local animal species. So yes, the identity of of the the trees that are are being used is, is important. Obviously the the bigger the the bigger the tree, the more leaves, the more oxygen production. So, uh, you know, a large tree with a large canopy and lots of leaves is going to produce more oxygen than a, than a a spindly tree or a small tree or a tree that has a, a very thin canopy. So the more photosynthetic surface area, the more leaves, the the better the oxygen production.
0: And what about underneath the surface? Is there are there other things that Trees impact underground that we don't necessarily see on the surface.
4: The best trees to, to uh, use in in replanting approaches are ones that have deep roots. So the deeper the plant root, the the uh, the, the more pores that are that are created in the um, in the soil, and the lower the water table will go, and and it will be uh, more or less susceptible to to evaporation. So it. it the deeper the rooting of the trees, the the better it is for 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 uh, um, the water table and and moisture in the local area. Also, you have trees that 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 are nitrogen fixers too. So, if you members of the the uh, acacia family do house um, um, nitrogen fixing bacteria on their roots, so they will actually be able to convert gaseous nitrogen into into nitrate, which ultimately ends up back in the soil, so it increases the fertility of soils. But selection of, of tree species, the right, the right trees at the right place, is, is really, cru- really crucial. You are listening to Pacific Prepared.
0: Is it generally like a rule of thumb, like, I know you've already sort of mentioned this, but it generally as a rule of thumb, is it kind of native species to that area are the best generally? Or is there, are there cases where introduced species can also benefit in certain areas?
4: Well, if you think of all the planting of bread breadfruit on, on the Pacific Islands, I mean, obviously the, the fruit is, is, you know, edible and, and uh, very important for, for communities. But breadfruit's not native to, to Fiji, Tonga or Samoa. It comes from uh, Indonesia and, and New Guinea. So they certainly will grow fine in the Pacific Islands on most Pacific islands, but they're not native, so.
0: What kind of impacts do natural disasters have on trees?
2: Uh, just from being in Tonga after one of those events, um, it, it does cause a lot of damage. It does uproot um, a lot of food trees. Um, but I guess one of the biggest threats is just the flooding that's associated with cyclones and those kind of events too. It's, um, you know, it does drown crops and... There is a delay before subsistence-based communities is mostly thinking about can actually start growing plants again. So not only does it destroy um, destroy those trees, it can also introduce salinity and all those kind of things in, in um food gardens that are really quite important and vital. Um, Some of the trees do respond better. Like I do remember somebody telling me that when they know that a cyclone is coming, they'll run out and and chop limbs of the breadfruit trees and different trees um, off because they can withstand some of the force of the cyclone, whereas other trees will just break and um, not be able to recover.
4: Just on this theme of the right tree in the right place, I mean, Fiji has has a number of, of um, eminently suitable rainforest species. They've got a, a species called visi, which um, is well adapted to to uh, local conditions. It, it actually has buttresses. So it is actually, it's not going to withstand a very severe cyclone, but it is actually resistant to, to wind damage. So it's structurally very, very strong. In uh, high winds. So, you know, there are native trees that could be used in the Fijian Islands for, for revegetation that would actually be um, somewhat cyclone resistant. So, basically, the water table is just the upper portion of the, the saturated soil zone. So, soil uh, has water in it and it has air in it. And when you've got a, the boundary between the air and water, part of the soil and the part of the soil that is fully saturated with water, that's the water table. So that that, that uh, interface between the aerated zone and the fully water-saturated soil zone, that's the water table. And what happens is that, as I've mentioned uh, before, that uh, plant roots or tree roots create ores in the soil and cause water to to move deeper so it causes the water table to, to, to be further down in the ground than in areas where, where our trees are absent. Also, animals that associate with, with tree roots, and there's plenty, plenty of invertebrates that do associate with tree roots, make, make little channels, little tunnels. And, and of course, this, is, this uh, causes water to, to move further, uh, deeper in, in the soil as well. So if you remove a lot of trees from an, an area, the water table rises because of the absence of roots. And uh, this can obviously lead to uh, higher levels of evaporation and loss of water from that area. so fewer less water in springs and streams and another negative impact of removing trees and the water table is that the water table rises and often brings uh, salt with it, so you get you get actually get um, salinity problems.
0: Is it, is it possible to actually start reversing climate change in that sense? And that sounds like a very simplistic thing to say, but is that even possible?
2: So I don't think, I mean, the targets around what was the Kyoto Protocol, which is now the Paris Agreement, are really about trying to halt climate change. So um, the process is that we generate greenhouse gases, they collect in the atmosphere, they warm the atmosphere, and they cause all these flowing and complex, complex interacting type um, reactions. So um, due to that, there's a number of thresholds and, and tipping points where one sort of physical reaction will actually contribute to another one happening in other parts of like a, a merged socio-ecological system. Because it's so messy and so complicated, some of the impacts of climate change that we're seeing, we might not really understand how it's occurred, like the step-by-step, we just know that it's occurred and we know we can observe some of the changes that might have led to that. But there might be some uncertainty in the middle of what's being produced. Um, And keeping in mind as well that there might be some impacts that we can't actually observe because they're they're happening at timescales that are too large for us to actually detect but they can have really significant impacts so because of that climate change there is quite a lot of uncertainty we do know that anthropogenic emissions, human activities are contributing to it but with all the processes and how they interact there's still quite a lot of uncertainty around them so the reason why i'm saying that is in terms of reversing climate change I don't think we really know how to do that, but we do know how to halt climate change, and that is to stop emitting or to actually use ways of drawing down that carbon out of the atmosphere.
4: Well, obviously, you know, planting trees is going to draw carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. So, you know, planting more trees will will, will have some impact. But um, as I mentioned a couple of times, the, the type of species, the way they're planted, I think that's pretty crucial.
0: Dr Leela Singh-Peterson and Associate Professor John Durnley, both from the University of Southern Queensland. And thank you to the Tongan Broadcasting Commission for their help with this story as well. We need to be prepared for the future.
1: Helping you stay safe.
0: We have built a seawall two times, but you did no
3: good. What happens when something goes wrong? And how do they respond to it?
1: Plan this time before disaster strike.
2: Every natural disaster gets worse. Pacific Pacific Prepared.
0: Pacific Prepared.
2: Pacific Prepared.
0: Pacific Prepared is supported by the Pacific Media Assistance Scheme with funding from the Australian Government's Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent those of PACMAS or the Australian Government. It's produced and distributed in partnership with Radio Australia and networks across the Pacific, including Radio New Zealand Pacific, NBC Papua New Guinea, Palau Wave Radio, Capital FM 107 Vanuatu, FBC Fiji, Samoa National Radio 2AP, SIBC Solomon Islands Broadcasting Corporation and TBC Tonga. Part of the aim of this program is to start conversations about disasters. What would you do and how will you prepare? We're trying to help you make the next disaster easier for you and your family. My name is Fred Hooper. Please share any information you've learned today and stay safe. This has been Pacific Prepared.